0: Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate Rewatch Podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about
1: Stargate SG-1 Season 4, Episode 11, Point of No Return.
0: Hey, this one was so cute. I know. <laughs> it is one of the ones where I didn't really remember it until like I started watching it and I was like, oh, oh right.
1: This, this one. Yes. Yes. Martin, who did, yeah. I mean, RIP Willie Garson, he was amazing. And
0: I didn't know he was passed away.
1: Yeah, recently.
0: Oh, like last, oh. early. Oh, that's right.
1: This year or late last year, I think.
0: That's right. Yeah. I did know that and I forgot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am not a consistent Sex in the City watcher to be up yeah. on all of those things.
1: Oh, uh, I'm familiar with him from This and White Collar.
0: I oh, yeah, that's Sixth right. City. He was trying to remember, I was trying to remember where else he was from. I Another conspiracy theory nut.
1: Oh, my <laughs> God.
0: Uh, he seems to be good at those. He does, yes. Mm. Yeah. This okay. episode very, very much made me miss having those sticky stars oh. on your ceiling. Yeah. His on his wall, but it very yeah. much made me miss those.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: everybody had those
1: oh yes everybody did yes
0: yes Yep.
1: all right should we get into it
0: yes let's do okay
1: so this episode originally aired on september 8th 2000 it was written by joseph malazzi and paul mulley and directed by william garrity and in the commentary we have those three plus jim menard the director of photography so cool. in this episode, when a quirky conspiracy theorist contacts SG-1 claiming to know classified information about the Stargate, at first they think he's bluffing. But when they investigate his wild claims, they realize he's a lot closer to the truth than they thought, and has a few more shocking surprises up his sleeve. Da-na-na. So the first one facts in the commentary is uh, sort of like the genesis of this episode, like what inspired it. And apparently it came about from Paul Mully just sort of poking around like the internet and like message boards for the show and the crazy conspiracy theory that came out where people think there is actually a Stargate program. And this show like Stargate SG-1 was written as a way to like cover that up as like a sort of plausible deniability
0: thing. (gasps) That's (laughs) awesome. That's kind of genius. If that was a thing.
1: I know but it's nah. not. <laughs> Is it? Nope. Is it? No. Nope.
0: Okay.
1: okay. So this episode opens with SG1 having been called to the briefing room, but they don't know why. Daniel and Sam are a little put out at having their work interrupted, and Tilk's Kel-Noreen was also interrupted, and Jack was also about to do something very important too.
0: Um, Which yeah. I actually was really sad about, like, okay, so everybody else has this super important stuff. Like, what What would Jack be doing? I know. I guess that is a question. Like,
1: when, you know, Daniel's obviously, you know, the archaeologist, and so he does all of that stuff, too. Sam is the scientist, you know, person, so she has all of that stuff. But, like, if you're just an officer, yeah, like, what, what do you, does he just sit in the, and does he, and does he even have his own office? I mean, I guess he would, or does he just go around and bother other people?
0: (laughs) I thought they would have had him, like, training yeah something training somebody on something important military yeah. procedural style yeah
1: i guess that yeah that would make sense as like the highest say well second highest officer below hammond yeah training yeah that makes sense But anyway, (laughs) so anyway, so General Hammond then comes in to tell them what's going on. And so at about four o'clock that morning, a call came into the base specifically for Colonel O'Neill from from a man in Butte, Montana. The man rambles on a bit about various conspiracy theories like Roswell and the lizard people and Kennedy and blah, blah, blah. But none of that compares to what's Jack's secret is he says i'm talking about a large circular object discovered in egypt and currently residing in the bottom of a missile silo under cheyenne mountain i believe you call it the stargate
0: and we don't know what number he actually calls right like what what call line he tries to get through i
1: mean he probably just called cheyenne mountain and then you know because there's various operations in cheyenne mountain so it came in and then the switchboard got it to hammond
0: the switchboard was like, hey. I think this is for you. <laughs> uh,
1: he then goes on to say he wants to meet Jack at a diner in Billings and for Jack to come alone. And so SG-1 will be leaving in 30 minutes as we cut to the opening credits.
0: Does anyone really even need to say come alone anymore either? Like, I mean, they because do. Because they never
1: do. I know. It's like, anybody comes alone. Are you
0: kidding? Like, Nobody, nobody comes alone.
1: It's like, duh. Um, anyway, so it is the next day. Jack is sitting in the appointed restaurant reading a magazine as he waits and he is then approached by a rather nervous-looking man who says Jack can call him Martin. He asks Jack to stand up so he can like scan him for bugs and when satisfied that Jack is clean, they sit down and Jack asks what's going on and Martin's like, you know what's going on and Jack's like, I have no idea, you know, playing dumb as they would in the situation mm-hmm. and as they talk the camera up, hands to the kitchen where Tilk is disguised as a cook.
0: <laughs> Who thought of that? I I commend them. <laughs>
1: I mean, Joe and Paul. Uh, and then yes. so uh, Tilk turns that like order holder thing. I don't even I don't even know what that's called. You know, where the waitress like sticks the tickets for the order and we see that there's like a little pinhole camera that's now aimed at jack and martin and we get a quick cut out to the surveillance van where sam and daniel are keeping an eye on things and daniel's apparently never been on a stakeout before and he's like where's the donuts
0: which (laughs) is totally something i would have thought of myself
1: yeah and sam just kind of like looks at up looks up at him like really (laughs) yeah
0: I would have so, been the one to bring the donuts, really.
1: <laughs> you would have baked the donuts, so I would
0: have baked the donut.
1: <laughs> so back inside the diner, Martin basically explains the plot of Stargate to Jack. And Jack goes, That sounds like a good idea for a TV show. But don't chink. And Martin's just getting like more exasperated that Jack isn't taking him seriously. And Jack's finally like, Okay, yes, there is something called the Stargate program, but it's not what you think it is. It's magnets. <laughs>
0: Like, doesn't he usually I, say it's about some sort of plane?
1: Yeah, I was wondering why they didn't go with, like, the cover story from, like, Secrets. Because if there's stuff getting out there, at least keep the cover consistent. Yeah. And, and, and I realize, you know, that guy was a journalist, so is probably needed a more believable cover story. But again... Why not? Yeah. Why not just stick with the like super secret plane sh- space shuttle thing? I was. Yeah. Yeah. I was a little confused yeah. about that, too. Yeah. But so the reason Martin like called Jack is because Martin needs his help because he's come to realize that he doesn't belong on Earth. And like he's not just like interested in outer space. He's from outer space.
0: Which he says it in such a way. That it's what I really love about how he plays this character is like, yes, he's spouting all these like crazy, crazy conspiracy theory type stuff. But he says it in such a genuine way that makes him not seem nutty where he's just like, I'm from there. You have to help me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's so he's so like earnest. And like he believes it so much. Yeah, that. Yeah, it's good. It's good.
0: Yeah, I love it.
1: So out in the surveillance van, Sam's got his info. His full name's Martin Lloyd, and they also pull up information from when he was arrested pro- protesting outside a TV station and the subliminal messages in their advertising. So yeah, Which
0: these days is totally a thing. There <laughs> there is specialties dedicated. I know. To train people's eye to buy things, like right down to in like it's a thing.
1: It is. Uh, But back inside, Jack is still like, you know, no, this is all nuts because, you know, you don't look like an alien. You look like you're human. And Martin goes on to say that he believes there are whole civilizations of humans that were taken from Earth to other planets, maybe as experiments or slaves. Who knows? Which. Yeah. mm -hmm. Hmm. (laughs) Again, here's the plot of Stargate. Um, And Jack's like, well, that's crazy. And Martin's like, I can prove it. I'll take you to my spaceship. And the waitress drops off the bill and Jack tries, like, brush him off. He's like, you know, you seem kind of crazy, but not like you're a danger to anybody. So this has been great. And he picks up the bill and there's a note on it that says to stall him. So he's like, but it doesn't hurt to be, you know, to double check things. So, sure, let's go see your spaceship. Mm
0: -hmm. Party on the spaceship. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I just Thor Ragnarok and it's my birth. <laughs> Grandmaster. <shift>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. Excellent reference. Uh, that would have been awesome if it was that shit. No. Okay. Uh, anyway. So, uh, so Martin is leading Jack through the woods and Jack is like, you know, why? Like, why me? Why did you call me of all people about this? And Martin can't explain it. He just
0: says that he feels a connection to Jack. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's a bit of a stretch. How would he even know Yeah. that? But,
1: um, okay. Yeah. So Sam, Daniel, and Tilk have arrived at Martin's house, and Sam knows how to pick locks. Hey. Which, that's an interesting little bit of information there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they head inside, and it's full of, like, miscellaneous sci-fi stuff and, like, alien toys and figures and all of that fun stuff. And Tilk picks up a little toy ray gun, and it makes that, like, typical pew-pew, like, phaser noise but doesn't actually do anything until it's like this is not very effective (laughs) and uh daniel goes into the kitchen to do a little snooping and finds a cabinet full of medication somehow that's not surprising
0: yeah that was that was a lot of bottles of medication yes Yes. so many yes
1: yeah too many Uh, from the commentary originally martin was going to live in a trailer Ah. But then when it came to, I guess, like the production meeting, like the camera crews and everybody were like, we're not shooting in a trailer. This is too small. That's dumb. No. <laughs> so they but, changed it. So there's like the little bungalow house.
0: Get an apartment.
1: Yeah. So back in the woods, Martin can't find the ship. It's been half an hour and Jack wants to head back to the car. And Martin keeps pleading with him, but does admit he gets confused from time to time because of all the medicine. And then Jack does finally manage to convince him to head back to the car. Back at the house, Daniel has found Martin's diary, which says, April 12th, someone has gone through my garbage. Suspect CIA must take precautions. May 2nd, comb missing. Suspect CIA has stolen it to acquire genetic identification. June 26th, comb found behind dresser, disposed of it in case of tampering, bought new comb 39 cents at Shop Mart. Okay. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: My, my diary is about that fascinating.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so Daniel's ready to just like write him off as someone who's like paranoid delusions and stuff. And Sam continues walking around and stops to look at a statue that just so happens to have a little tiny camera in it. And
0: But she also goes by another. Um, I loved the nod to when she finds the alien figurine that looks suspiciously like Thor. Thor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And, def- and I had wondered if that was like a, but it wasn't exact. It looked like it was maybe like a previous version or like an evolution of what they were going to look like or something that they had just held mm-hmm. on to. Oh, They didn't know. talk about that. They didn't mention that. If that it was like, like it a. Kind of had a different nose.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But like the head shape was in general, a little different, but it was, yeah. Very generally Asgard shaped. Yeah. Little thing. Yeah. Um, So we switch over to that surveillance team in sort of an empty warehouse, except for, like, all their monitoring equipment. And the camera, there's apparently several cameras throughout the house. And one of them at least has thermal imaging. And they activate it. And they can see the symbiote inside Tilk. Oh, man. So now, who are these guys? What are they doing? What do they know? What do they not know?
0: Why are they not surprised by finding aliens?
1: I know. It's Mm -hmm. like, hmm. Very strange. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So back at the SGC, Dr. Fraser has the report from a, from a Montana lab on the sort of like initial findings of the analysis they did on the medications in Martin's house, and they do appear to have been tampered with, as there were several unidentifiable chemicals found within the medications. So,
0: which is really interesting that they performed tests on the medication, right? Because usually you would just kind of log the labels and be like, oh, well, he's taking blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. But, like, I thought it was a really interesting concept that they actually took the medication itself and did tests on it.
1: Yeah, I wonder if it's because, while, because Martin is scarily close to the truth. So, if they took it just to see, you know, what's in there to make sure it is all above board or something, yeah. I'm not sure yeah. why. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. We then cut to Sam and Daniel in the office of the psychiatrist who prescribed the medications. This is Dr. Tanner. He starts by reminding them about like doctor-patient confidentiality and that he probably won't be able to tell them much. And they're like, well, it's about Martin Lloyd. He's like, oh, okay. Like he kind of already has the feeling that he knows where this conversation is going to go, which is interesting. And Sam then tells him it's like a matter of national security. So there is no privilege. And Dr. Tanner finds that hard to believe. And Uh, we see Daniel sitting in like the pose of the thinker while there's a statue of the thinker on the desk in front of him.
0: And the lighting on him was just so, yes, Yes. I noticed that too. It's very strategically lit to make him look pretty in his thinking pose.
1: Yes. And according to the commentary, that was Michael's idea to do that. Like he wasn't directed to do that. Like the, like the little statue was on the desk, but it was like facing towards him. So he like turned it around and then just did that. (laughs) <laughs> so,
0: That's funny
1: w- w- Would you like to know some fun facts about the thinker?
0: <gasps> I would
1: Okay uh, Do you know who made the thinker?
0: No, I don't remember that at all
1: uh, Auguste Rodin Ah uh, So it was commissioned in 1880 By the Directorate of Fine Arts in France To be part of a large doorway ornamentation That was to be called the Gates of Hell As the entrance to a planned decorative arts museum uh, the museum, however, was never built. But oh. uh, like there, there he did actually complete the full Gates of Hell doorway thing, which uh, he based on the Divine Comedy. Hmm, so okay. you know, that kind of thing. Um, he apparently worked out of a hotel when he was doing the sculpture, and it was eventually turned into the Rodin Museum, where you can see a cast of the Gates of Hell. And what year? The 1880.
0: Okay, keep going.
1: So the Thinker was sort of the large centerpiece of the Gates of Hell, and it was actually originally called the Poet. Oh. So um, we don't really have details specifically about like sort of about that specific figure really, and some people think that it was possibly like supposed to represent Dante, like the author of the Divine mm-hmm. Comedy as you know, because he's the poet. Um, but then there are other, other people who are like, no, it can't be him because the statue's naked. It's like that doesn't have to anything to do. It's a, it's art. Like whatever. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so it was first referred to as the thinker by foundry workers who thought it was similar to a statue of Lorenzo di Medici done by Michelangelo that was called Il pensiero, which is the thinker in Italian. It is just over six feet tall and was designed to be seen from below as it is like the central figure over the doorway. So like, as you were walking through the door, you would look up at it. Um, Rodin then decided to treat the thinker as like an independent piece and sort of work on it more as its own thing. Like if you, if you look at castings of like the full doorway, it is slightly different from, you know, the, the one you think of that's like in the Rodin museum and everything. Um, but there are apparently 27 full-size castings around the world. Like, official castings that, like, Rodin made of this oh, statue. Wow. Um, like, after his passing, you know, more castings have been made, but they're not counted as sort of, like, official statues because Rodin didn't make them. Um, and then there's a lot of, like, smaller studies and things like plaster that he did while he was trying to perfect it.
0: So. Interesting. So is it... Proportioned oddly if it's supposed to be seen from below it.
1: I think so, because yeah, like the like the David statue is, proport like the like the hand like, if you've ever seen the David in person and I have and it's amazing, um like the hands are kind of too big if you're looking at it, uh, from like straight on kind of because the the
0: head was unusually large for that reason. Yeah,
1: because. Uh, like the David was supposed to be like way up at like the top of the Duomo in Florence, like several hundred feet up, like on the outside of the church, so that you know very far distance away for that. But
0: mm-hmm. yes, which so. is amazing when artists can do that with with perspective and thing of of crafting yeah. things so that you see it correctly from a you know an odd an odd angle and
1: yeah, awesome. Yes, very cool. So,
0: OK, so that's the thinker. Hey, well, now I'm going to pose like that a lot more often with confidence <laughs> of knowing what I'm doing. <laughs> OK. okay. Um,
1: so Dr. Tanner goes on to say, um, sort of going back to the, you know, why, like why he finds it hard to believe that Martin would be involved in any kind of national security type situation. And so Dr. Tanner says, let's put it this way, people like Martin sometimes compensate for their feelings of insignificance by creating elaborate fantasies in which they are the center and focus of all the attention. These people are usually harmless, although they may try and draw others into their illusions. That's what's happened here. So like which which way are you leaning at this point of like what's happening in this episode?
0: Well, because Sam gives a really interesting look in response to this comment like she's considering like oh I agree with you but I it's like it it kind of relates to my memo for today of like this dude has an entire cabinet of mystery medications and the 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 therapist is very cagey and is like oh don't mind him he's crazy you know so yeah So I was very much, if I hadn't remembered it, and this is one of the few that I actually did, I would have definitely been like, you're suspicious. Okay. (laughs) And I would have been on the side of Martin.
1: Okay. So we then cut over to Jack and Tilk in a motel room where Tilk is greatly enjoying the vibrating bed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He was outright smiling. (laughs) The grin on
1: his face is just so big. And I love that, like, it just, it starts with, like, it, the shot starts with, like, Jack sitting on the edge of the bed watching the TV, and you just see Tilk's hand, like, come into frame, like, give me more quarters. <laughs> and yeah. Jack's just, like, reads pocket, here's, here you go. Uh. And
0: which one of them was humming, or was it supposed to be coming from the TV?
1: Okay, so here's a fun fact. This was talked about in the commentary. Um, okay. So the movie that Jack is watching is "The Day the Earth Stood Still which was uh, released in 1951 and based on a short story from 1940 that was called Farewell to the Master. And sort of the main plot of this story is an alien who comes to visit Earth. <laughs> Parallels to the story. So apparently, according to the commentary, when they went to go see about like getting the rights to be able to include it, they were allowed like to use the video. But if they wanted to use the sound, it would have like, made it way too expensive for them to be able to afford. So Rick was just like, I'll just hum. It's fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's really funny.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, that's just Rick sitting there humming. Yeah. Um, All right. I thought it was him, but since he didn't actually seem to be moving, (laughs) he was very, very still while doing the humming. I was like, who is that coming from?
1: (laughs) Yep. Coming from Jack. Yeah. Uh, so there's suddenly a knock on the door and it's Martin. He needs help. He tells Jack he believes someone has been in his home based on various precautions he puts in place when he leaves that were out of place when he returned. And he wants Jack to take him home through the Stargate. And this is also the birth of Tilk's human name, Murray. Which will continue for the rest of the series.
0: Ah, oh, which we love. And yep. I think that Jack is also really good in this scene of not Answering any questions while still asking them in a yes. non-threatening type way, just very casually, like, ah, oh, moving on. We're just going to ask yes. more questions. <laughs> yes, yeah,
1: yeah. So back in Dr. Tanner's office, Sam and Daniel still trying to get like any kind of information out of him about Martin that they can. And Sam and Daniel specifically are worried about the large quantities of medicine that Martin is taking. And Sam mentions specifically doxapin, haloperidol parafenazine, lithium and valium. And I looked up like what these <gasps> medications are like used to treat.
0: You did. Awesome. Did. Lay on me. Uh,
1: okay. So doxapin is used to treat depression and anxiety.
0: Okay. But
1: if it's made into a topical ointment, it can reduce itching caused by various skin diseases like dermatitis and things like that. Uh, haloperidol is used to treat psychotic disorders and can also be used in the treatment of Tourette's syndrome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Paraphenazine is used to treat schizophrenia, but can also be used to treat nausea and vomiting. Oh, good God. I know. Uh, Lithium is primarily used in the treatment of bipolar disorder and major depressive disorder. And Valium is used to treat anxiety along with muscle muscle spasms and seizures. So a lot of like depression, anxiety, psychosis, schizophrenia type
0: Disorders. So he really is categorizing him as like a paranoid schizophrenic with depression. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. And anxiety. Oh, man. Yep. But he's depressed about his anxiety.
1: Yes. Or he's anxious about his He's anxious depression. about his depression. <laughs> One of those <laughs> two. Uh, they also mention that the medication seems to have been tampered with. And he's like, I don't know anything about that. I just prescribe it. I don't know thing, but like he he seemed to get like very hostile quickly, like when that part was brought up about like the tampering like he went like very aggressively, I have nothing to do with that, which is kind of like,
0: are you sure weird right and a little weird yes i think I think it's very interesting also that they should have um you think they would have gone to check where he got the prescriptions filled,
1: yeah, like the yeah why didn't they go to like the pharmacy if... Yeah. If Because medi- if, I mean, he is right, like a doctor just prescribes it, but it's the pharmacy that does the actual filling of the medication, like the doctor never comes in contact with it. So if anybody did tamper with the medication, it would be like at the point of the pharmacies, like somewhere on that end of things, you know?
0: Right. So, so I'm wondering if one of the other mystery people in the trench coat, you know, poses as the pharmacist.
1: Oh, I never thought of that. Mm. That's an interesting, that would be, that would be the way to do it. Yeah.
0: That's what, that's what I had in my brain.
1: Okay. I like that. That's a good mm-hmm. thought.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Um, But Dr. Tanner is starting to worry that if this investigation continues, it will just sort of spurn Martin's delusions that like sort of validate them in a way. And so they ask if Martin has any friends or relatives or anybody else that they could speak to, and Dr. Tanner goes over to a cabinet, writes down something, and it's, like, just Martin's work address, and that's the best that he can do for them right now. So, okay.
0: Seemingly normal. Mm-hmm. So far, so good. Everything totally checks out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Back in the motel, Martin is just like nervous and restless and pacing. And he asks for a glass of water and pulls out a bunch of like the pills and Jack's like, let me see those. Maybe don't take these for Maybe, a while.
0: No. Maybe no. Yeah.
1: And so Jack also asks that even if there it just if if there is such a thing as a Stargate, why does he think that it will take him home? And Martin's like, it's just a feeling, like he was somebody important there. And then, you know, there's also the, the matter of the symbols that he sees in his dreams. And Jack's like, what symbols? And Martin hands Jack a piece of paper that has a gate address written on it. Hmm. Uh, hmm. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Sam and Daniel then walk into an empty warehouse. And this is like the same warehouse that Martin's monitoring team was in earlier. And apparently this is the address that was given to them by Dr. Tanner. But it obviously... Doesn't look like it's a place of work at all. There's nobody there. Except for the guys with guns.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, hey, there they are. Uh, I have to say, I am loving the haircut on Sam Carter.
1: hmm Yeah, that was.
0: I am loving the sassy short haircut. Me too.
1: You know, I always love a girl with sassy short hair. Yes. Like me. <laughs> yeah.
0: It reminds me a lot of the 80s movie that I watched way too much as a kid, and I was probably too young to watch it, but who knows. But um, The Legend of Billie Jean.
1: Oh, you've told me about this one. Yeah.
0: Yes, that it had both Helen Slater and Christian Slater playing siblings, but actually not related. Um, The actors are not related, not the characters. But yeah, it's, it's all about like a modern 80s Joan of Arc kind of woman power thing. Which I was you know sad when Wonder Woman came out, and everyone was like, finally, a woman empowering movie. I was like, But did get oh I mean, yes, but come on, um, <laughs> yeah, so there's a part in the movie where she decides to be all badass and cut her hair because she's her character as well as the actress is like glamorous and hot, and like nobody takes her seriously. And mm-hmm. so she just like goes in a bathroom and like she has one of those moments where, she, you know, she has just a pair of scissors and starts cutting all her off. And she comes out of the bathroom with like this fabulous, stylish short hairdo. <laughs> but it is a lot like Sam Carter's hairdo mm-hmm. and both are equally awesome. And so it reminded me of that.
1: Yes, this was um, it was brought up in an earlier commentary. I don't think I mentioned it because it didn't really sort of come up. In the episode, but you know, like earlier this season, Sam had almost sort of like the chin-length bob kind mm-hmm. of length, and they actually like were getting phone calls from the Air Force that like her hair is too long, or like if if it is that long, it needs to be like pinned up or something. Like there were oh. several discussions about her hair and as it relates to like the Air Force regs of such <gasps> things.
0: So, oh, that's funny. I like. Yeah. That. Well, so that's kind of thrown away. Nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of why they took uh, beneath the surface the opportunity to sort of do the makeover and like chop her hair off as part of their like you know reprogramming um, you know in there. So. Ew,
0: that's interesting. I like that. Yes.
1: Yep. So back at the motel, Jack can't get a hold of Sam, and Martin's still just a nervous wreck, and like nothing is awesome. Everything's like stressful and like tense and. Bleep bleep. Uh, at this point and Jack asks him again about the symbols and where he saw them and Martin can't really explain. He just gets these visions and he thinks they might come from his implant. You know, the one from them in his brain. Just like okay, like what when, just, just when you think you're getting somewhere like now we got this to add on top yeah. of everything else he's been saying. So Jack's like, I'm gonna go actually look for Sam and Daniel and like hands like the bottle of pills to Tilk and he takes off.
0: Although, I mean, they have already had storylines where SG One gets implanted with things in their brain. I know. That's how they all see Ergo. I know. So, definitely <laughs> so really okay. that big of a stretch. I it know. was not that big of a stretch. No. Uh,
1: sometimes it's it's just that memo of you work with aliens.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Nothing should be impossible. You travel to other planets for your job.
0: Like, come on. That is so funny when they have this kind of stuff and SG-1 is like, you're crazy pants. That's not real.
1: Think about what you do for your job. One of your best friends is an alien with an alien in his stomach. Come on. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, so we cut to Sam and Daniel who are zip tied to chairs as they get interrogated. And there's a bit of a back and forth, like, who are you? And they're like, no, who are you? They're like, we're the guys with guns. So you're going to answer our questions. Um, they do finally, you know, I'm Daniel. This is Sam. We're with the Air Force. And they ask what Sam and Daniel know about Martin Lloyd. And they're like, never heard of him. And they're like, but you were in his house. No, we weren't. So Sam's like, are you CIA, NID? And again, the guy just asks what they know about Martin Void. So, Jack shows up to Dr. Tanner's office, but it is now empty. Mm. So, that's interesting.
0: But, which, why? Yeah. <laughs> why, like not just, just, why not just leave and never come back? Why do you need to clean it out mysteriously? I know. Like, why do you need to take your desk with you? I don't
1: <laughs> Because, like, if you're trying to create a cover story, a completely empty office that people were in two hours ago suddenly having everything gone is more suspicious. Just leave all the stuff there. Like lock the door and you're
0: gone. Just never come back. I don't. (laughs) I love that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. It's like, this makes no sense, but okay. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yep. So back in the motel room, uh, Tilk has banished Martin to the bathroom. And uh, Jack returns to let them know about like the office being empty. And Martin calls out from the bathroom to apologize for trying to bite Tilk. So apparently they got in
0: a little scuffle <laughs> earlier. I um, love that whole exchange. That whole, I'm sorry I bit you. And like the look at Teal's Tiel- face is just like, mm-hmm. That's what he did. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so
1: he also does say that he's starting to get a little dizzy. And Jack's just like, how did a whack job like Martin get a gate address when there is a very loud thump from the bathroom? So... Rush open the door and we find Martin collapsed on the floor until it's like, maybe we should have given him his medicine, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which, I mean, fair point. Yeah. Uh, but Martin then suddenly wakes up and remembers where his ship is. Yay! Yay! Uh, Back to Sam and Daniel still being tied up, and the guys holding them are just, you know, more annoyed that they're not getting anything out of them. And they pull up an image of Tilk from inside Martin's house and ask who he is. Like He's an associate. They're like, we know that. We also know he's not from around here. And Daniel goes, not from Montana? Uh, So Martin is now leading Jack and Tilk through the woods. He just turned the wrong way before, but this... Is definitely it, and they find the clearing. He mentions that it's buried, so they just need to keep an eye out for it. As he trips over something, and oh my god, it's the ship! Yay! And he's I just not lo- crazy, he's not. And I just I love the like single plate of grass on top of his head.
0: <gasps> yes, you notice that too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Which was just, like, an accident. Like, one of, like, one of the first takes when he, like, fell down and got up, it would just happen to be there. And they liked it so much they tried to make sure it was there for, like, all the rest of the takes.
0: Because it was just so
1: weird and funny. It was. Yeah. Yes. Uh, So we cut to some time later, and the area is now swarming with various military personnel. And one of the soldiers confirms that the material the ship is made of is not from Earth. earth not from Earth, and they've also used sonar to map the general size and shape of the ship. Did you, Rachel, Hmm? did you you know that sonar is an acronym?
0: Yes, I did, but if you are then going to ask me what it (laughs) stands for, I got nothing.
1: (laughs) Well, it stands for Sound Navigation and Ranging. Uh, and so, sonar works by sending out an acoustic signal of some kind, which then, once that signal bounces off of something, it comes back, like, the sort of echo of that comes back. And that is how they, you know, map the shape of things with sonar.
0: Huh, nice.
1: So, the shape of the ship is, like, I don't know, it's kind of a standard alien ship. Like, it's kind of a very fat T shape with like the wings across the back being like the top of the T and then the sort of cockpit coming out from the front. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Martin insists that it's too small to be his ship and Tilk suggests it could maybe be an escape pod. Yes, that's it. There must've been a malfunction and they escaped the ship. I'm sorry. They, there's more of you. And the the tech that had done the sonar is like, well, there can't be too many more because the, the escape pod's not that big. And so Martin's like, Maybe I was being watched, but not by the government, but by the others. hmm And then Tooks like and maybe those others are who took Sam and Daniel.
0: Maybe. Which I like, I like very how this good is, theory. I know. I like how this is a good kind of logical progression of like, oh, wait a minute, maybe that's who's been watching me the whole time.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, back in the warehouse, Sam and Daniel are still playing dumb, sort of, with these guys, like, just not telling them anything. Uh, they tell them that Tilk's job is as a speechwriter, which is cool. Uh, the g- <laughs>
0: I did. I love that line. Speechwriter? Speechwriter. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I saw some things online that people, like, fans were positing that they sort of came up with, like, speechwriter, because Tilk speaks quite formally compared to, you know, other Earth people. So possibly oh.
0: that's where Sam got ready for that. Okay. I thought it was just a nod to the fact that he never actually speaks.
1: Oh, <laughs> could be that too. No,
0: yeah. he is going to be the one that talks the most yes. in his job. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, one of the guys brings up the thermal image of Tilk with the symbiote. And Daniel's like, oh, that's very good. Did you draw that yourself? It looks like, is it that, is that a duck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the guy is just like oh like grabs the laptop and they storm off leaving Sam and Daniel sitting there still tied up in the large empty room
0: although once we find out who they are at the end of the episode and learn that like they were at war with the Gould you'd think they would have been a lot more aggressive in finding out what Tilk was doing there because then they would know what symbiotes look like yeah and possibly jaffa
1: possibly yeah mhm
0: so i I was kind of surprised that they were still being kind of like cagey instead of being like, No, no, what what is he doing here <laughs> like yeah,
1: yeah, like,
0: is he after us oh
1: that's a yeah, that's a good thing, hm interesting, yeah, which brings up the question though that I had sort of at the end, but maybe we can bring it up here, like how long have like Martin and his friends been on earth?
0: I wondered that too.
1: Because I saw some people mentioning, because like going back a couple scenes, like the, like the gate address that's written on the slip of paper that Martin gives to Jack is the earth point of origin, which he would only have seen if he had seen the earth stargate, but it's been, you know, buried, you know, or like in storage or in the SGC since like the 1940s. So where would he have seen the Earth Stargate? Because he then says later, like, they came here, but we weren't advanced enough to be able to help them, which is why they just sort of were like, okay, let's just stick around and be like undercover hiding. So it's like, when when did they get here?
0: Oh, man. So you're saying maybe they've been there since the 40s or they've been there only since they uncovered it? recently
1: yeah i don't that's i mean that's the question i don't
0: mm-hmm. know Ooh. well or definitely in the 40s they would have been like yeah you guys can't help us
1: <laughs> yeah or you know were they around in like the 20s when the gate was you know uncovered because that's it was uncovered in the 20s mm-hmm. um and then you know war and then that's when it went into storage and stuff but yeah how yeah how long have martin and his people yeah. been here
0: I did wonder that myself, uh, especially when they go back to his planet and not only is it completely destroyed, but it's just also deserted. So since yeah. since after the battle, everybody had had, you know, gone and left and just yeah. moved on. So it there was enough time for that. Yeah.
1: So we think a while.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so back in the clearing, it seems like more of Martin's memories have returned. He says that his world was under attack, and they were sent here to find help, but we weren't advanced enough to help in the attack against the ones who wanted to enslave his people and be worshipped as gods. And Jack Hmm. and Tilk are like, hmm, that sounds familiar. And so Tilk goes, the Gould, he's like, yes, that's them. It was the Gould. And so Jack tells Tilk to show him, and so... Tilk gives his speech about who he is and what he is and what, you know, has happened to him throughout his life and lifts his hat to show Martin his first prime
0: symbol. So at this point in time, I really didn't know if he was going to show him his forehead or his pouch.
1: Yes. I was like, what? Don't don't. <laughs> let. I know. Like, which one? Which one are we? Which one are we showing?
0: Which one are we <laughs> I'm showing? I'm really glad he lifted his hat.
1: Yes. <laughs> Uh, then um, another soldier walks over and says that they're ready to open the hatch and Tilk very quickly lowers his hat and looks away. So question, these are not SGC personnel that are on the ground in Montana, which I found very strange considering there is a space ship yeah. in Montana. Like they know it's a spaceship and it's there. There are non SGC personnel handling this.
0: I found that weird too.
1: Yeah. Cause that that should be all SGC personnel on site there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. That was just weird. Um,
0: yeah, I I'm trying to think like why what reason would they have to have SGC cleared people that don't have high enough clearance to know Tilk?
1: Yeah, I think if you work in the SGC, you know who SG One is, so you know who Tilk is. Yeah, that was I weird. I
0: agree. It was weird. It, there wasn't okay. anything in the commentary. Nope. No nope stayed quiet for that one
1: yep although they did mention that so i don't remember if it's this scene or like the previous scene when they're in the tent but like you hear the sound of like a helicopter taking off and uh a note they got back from like the network was like can we see the helicopter and they're like no it's no. literally just the sound of a helicopter put in in post there was not actually a helicopter there <laughs> so, <laughs> that would have been too expensive um That's funny so, anyway, um, so Martin warned against like opening the hatch because it might alert the others to their presence, or like it would alert the others to their presence, and then tell like, Kazakh, maybe we can actually use that to our advantage, which mm-hmm. again, very good thinking. Mm hmm. So Sam and Daniel are still alone in the warehouse trying to figure out what's going on, because these guys seemingly know what a symbiote is, but don't recognize tilks, so they can't beat NID. And Daniel's like, this is why I hate working for the government, because everyone has their own agenda and nobody talks to each other. And we hear a man off camera agree with Daniel. And oh, my God, hey, it's Dr. Tanner. Hi. Totally saw that coming.
0: Fresh um. from cleaning out his office.
1: Literally complete with little doctor's bag and everything that is full of like torture devices because time is running out and he needs answers like right now about what's going on. And then one of the henchmen's uh, pager beeps because this is 2000 so pagers are still a thing and it, it appears that they've been alerted to whatever is happening in the woods with like Jack and Martin and everybody and so daniel's like hey so we're going for a ride and dr tanner's like nope as he pulls out a syringe it's like oh, okay well we know what's going to happen here
0: with that so well at least it's not something deadly it's just something to knock them out and yes yeah yes very true yeah, yeah.
1: so in the clearing martin is waiting by himself with a wire and he really does not like being bait and dr Tan- dr tanner and the rest of his men show up and they are very disappointed, but Martin sort of manages to like stand up for for himself and assert that he's not crazy and that he remembers everything. And they just grab him and drag him off in their grayish green van. And uh, Dr.
0: (laughs) I (laughs) love that line too about (laughs) inconspicuously. Hey, that's a really neat van. What do you call that color? (laughs) (laughs) Which they then had to go out and
1: find a grayish green van rather than just finding a van and changing the script to be whatever color the van was. seriously uh, <laughs> yeah um, but we also see before they all leave the clearing Dr. Tanner pushes a button on some kind of alien looking device and there's like a light that starts sort of flashing inside the ship. So oh. so their van takes off and then Jack and his team take off in their van after them and Martin is in the van doing a good job of talking and keeping them talking. Unfortunately, these other guys are like, not dropping their cover at all. Like they're not even admitting to Martin that they're aliens, that they know him. Like they are not giving up anything. They although.
0: They really have a cover though. They're just creepy people in trench coats that are kidnapping him. Yeah. With, there's. With there's seem,
1: doctor. There kind of seems to be a vague sort of government cover up conspiracy that they're going with. I think, you know, the yeah. men in black kind of thing. Yeah. Um, although it does. Kind of seem to be heavily implied that they will be killing Martin, Sam and Daniel Mm
0: -hmm.
1: at some point in this. So we're back at the warehouse. Uh, Everybody hops out. Jack tells one of the guards to secure the area as he heads into the warehouse with Tilk and spots Sam and Daniel still tied up and unconscious. Although Sam is like starting to come around. And this is interesting. Apparently this little like exchange where Jack goes, Carter, you okay? And she's like, sir, as she's coming out of, you know, whatever sedative they gave her. And Daniel is still unconscious. But apparently that little exchange was enough for some fans to be like, Jack cares more about Sam than he does about Daniel. It's like, no, Daniel is still unconscious and can't answer the Daniel, are you okay? Question because, (laughs) and they were just like, it's not that serious. It's just like, Sam is the one who's awake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, that's it that is all it is funny. but it's sort of you know post divide and conquer all the you know the sam jack stuff that yeah. you know went yeah. along with that And i was just like oh really i like like wow okay
0: <gasps> that's funny
1: <laughs> yep um so also inside the warehouse is the van that martin was in and so tilk heads over there uh opens the back finds him tied up and gagged with like duct tape gets him out of all that, but there is, like, no sign of anybody else. So, but Martin's like, hey, don't worry, because I grabbed this, like, remote thing that Dr. Tanner had. It's basically like a little computer. It's got a bunch of functions on it, and he pushes the button, and it starts, like, beeping. He's like, oh, crap, it's counting down. We got to get out of here before it blows. So uh, they run in slow-mo out of the building, or, well, the bot, the stunt doubles, run in (laughs) slow-mo out of the building. Uh, I
0: love this.
1: Yeah. Uh, And, like, jump to the ground because the, like, the door they came in was, like, up on, like, a loading dock. So they, like, jump off the loading dock and, like, you know, duck and cover and roll and cover their heads. And Jack yells, hey, you know, everybody get out of here and blah, blah. And it's like, ah, and then not, nothing happens. No explosion. <laughs> Martin's like, I was sure this was counting down to something as the ship in the clearing blows up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. Which... I, I would have loved to see that moment when they like immediately got the call of like, I don't know what happened. The ship blew up and they all looked at each other. Like, Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there was none of that.
1: Nope. We then just cut to the SGC at some point later. And Martin is there in fatigues and the gate is dialing the address Martin gave them. And it is an active gate. So they send a map through. And as they're like waiting there, Martin, Remembers everything now. There was no malfunction on the ship. They're deserters. They were losing the war, so they just left. Martin had a change of heart and wanted to go back, but the others didn't, so they started drugging him to make him forget. And Martin does also insist that they're not bad guys. They're just afraid. It's kind of like, oh, again, he's just so earnest.
0: And it just yeah. works, works. Yeah. I, I did really like that you see. That the SGC finally is like, okay, you're the real deal. This is something mm-hmm. I we're gonna we're gonna work with you on this instead of still maintaining. I don't know, you're kind of crazy pants. I know you've just shown me a literal spaceship, but eh.
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, I did I did like that too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so up in the control room, they're getting telemetry from the map and there's kind of looks exchanged between like uh Sam and Daniel and General Hammond of like, oh, uh, something's not great. So Daniel heads down to the gate room to tell them that they're clear to go, but they're not going to like it. So Martin, Jack, and Tilk head up, and once they step through onto the other side, it's just ruins. So if they had gone home, they would be dead. So now what? Now they go home. The end.
0: I know. I mean, for TV and the scene purposes, it was just supposed to take place like around the gate. But if I was somebody that was going through the Stargate to go home, I would have like darted for my house or, you know, <laughs> something uh, like I would not have just like stayed there and looked around and been like, it's all good, And that, but you know, TV.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But, yeah. I definitely would have made like a beeline for my house.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so what was your memo for this week again? I know we talked about it briefly, but what 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 was it?
0: Uh, my memo for this week was definitely assume the doctor is in on it if you have a cabinet full of mystery drugs, <laughs> and the doctor's like, don't mind him, he's crazy.
1: Oh, very nice. Okay. Um. Okay, so episode title. So. This one is one where I'm not really sure what point of no return means in relation to, like, what happens in the episode. Um, So, Miriam Webster has, like, two definitions for point of no return. Uh, First one being the point in the flight of an aircraft beyond which the remaining fuel will be insufficient for a return to the starting point with the result that the craft must proceed. Or a critical point at which turning back or reversal is not possible. So what 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 do you, it, what do you think well, that you it know, related yeah.
0: more to me in the fact that the whole time Martin was trying to get home and the rest of them were like no we can't we will die we're losing more what you know they when we all learned that they were deserters so mm-hmm. point of no return was to me more about them getting to Earth and being like we can't go back and okay. thus the reason why. They won't let him try.
1: Gotcha. Okay. I could see that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as foreign territory titles, uh, we have a couple interesting ones. In Czech, it was called There Is No Way Back. Oh. In Hungarian, it was Where There Is No Return. Mm. And in German, we had No Going Back.
0: Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah.
1: Same. Same. So final thoughts. What do we think? Do we like it? Yes, I think we do. Yes.
0: I liked this one. It was cute. Casting was awesome. Yep. The, the plot holes that didn't make sense still made it fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There wasn't anything, you know, crying out to me of like, why? <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. 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 This This one's a little easier to just sort of like let that stuff go in this one.
0: Yeah, 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 it was it was a lot better than Scorched Earth, where it was like, why didn't you just ask these questions like two yeah. days ago? Yeah, yeah, it could have been um, over in an hour, but no, this yeah. one this one was I liked it. Yeah, and we will see
1: Martin again.
0: Yay! Yeah, I did remember that, but I don't remember when.
1: Episode one hundred.
0: Oh. He's in, oh, is he the reason for Wormhole Extreme? Yep. Ah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to figure out what to do for episode 100, because it'll also be our 100th episode, which is, you know, quite a milestone. Yay! So, I'll we'll oh. have to think of something special to do. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. hey, if anyone has any suggestions, <laughs> let us know.
1: I think we should just like get drunk and do it commentary style and just like party it up <laughs> party it <laughs> up in our in our houses in our little rooms by ourselves.
0: <laughs> that could be fun. Play a drinking game with it.
1: Ooh, I'm sure there's one out there. I gotta I'll have to look that up. Is there a wormhole extreme drinking game? I'm sure somebody like has it. it. If anybody yeah. out there is aware of any wormhole extreme drinking games, please let us know. Which you can do by finding us on Twitter at SG underscore rewatch. Or sending us an email at woo, that's W O O S G rewatch at gmail.com. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for Tangent.
0: Bye. Bye.